Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Hughes Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes. All right. On, uh, we're at a table. Yep. One end of the table is you. Yep. The other end of the table is me. Yes. And between the two of us is a framed painting. Yes. Uh, there's on the table. Please describe the painting between us. Um, there's three people, mm-hmm. and uh, it's three kids, and the kid in the middle is, he kind of looks like an aristocrat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he has a variety of food in front of him, and he's wearing like a plaid, it's either a scarf or an ascot. Uh, I believe that's a neckerchief. Yeah, and his uh, his nose up is is up in the air, yes. and the other kids are looking at him like he's crazy. Yes, and what is this depicting? Oh, is that Francis book? Uh, bread and jam for Francis. Very good. And, yes, uh, and all the things that would be in her school lunch. Yes, and this art was created for us, I believe. Was it not? It was uh, created by Michaela Prevost, and it was just it just made for us because she just. She just liked the show. Yeah. But I then thought... you have a little card in front of it. Why do you have a little card in front of well, it? Well, because she appreciated you giving the oh. uh, seal of approval for her book. Uh, her book being Let's Have a Dog Party, one of my favorite picture books uh, that has come out in, well, certainly one of my favorite picture books of 2019. Kind of one of my favorite picture books ever, particularly because now I have children who uh, have cats and the cats cannot voice their concern. Much as a dog in the book cannot voice their concern on the so-called dog party. Who yeah. are you? Oh, I'm Kate. Oh, good. I'm Betsy. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and we have a podcast together. Yeah, we talk about kids' books. We do. We talk about picture books like Let's Have a Dog Party. Or um, Bread and Jam for Francis. Or Bread and Jam for Francis. More like Bread and Jam for Francis because we tend to discuss older picture books. Yeah. And we consider them. And, and what do we consider about them? Uh, whether they're classics. Or not particularly exactly <laughs> yes yes that's exactly right now you had a request to me you, you had pointed out uh this month is pride yep we should do something for pride yes so i thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and i thought to myself well we've already done heather has two mommies right that was that, our second episode <laughs> that was like our second we kind of yeah we, we came out of the gate swinging um but for this week i was like okay well that's sort of it's not that is not uh, the oldest gay picture book of all time, I will say. But it is probably the most famous old uh, picture book of all time. And, and after it came out, another picture book for children came out. And it doesn't get the same amount of press. But, as we will learn, it has had a very storied history. And I'm just going to show you uh, the cover right now. Buddha, 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 I have the wrong window open. Buddha, Buddha, boo! What's the name of that book? Daddy's roommate. Who's it by? Michael Will Hoyt? Maybe. So, uh, <laughs> yes, Daddy's roommate. We covered mommies, but we didn't cover daddies. Ooh. We did not cover daddies at all. Now, here's where the difficulty comes in. I am, of course, not allowed to come into my library. There is no ebook edition 
of Daddy's roommate, which is very interesting. So... I found a Vimeo video that is very, very clear that has someone reading you the book and you can pause it and look at the pictures and you can see the pictures are very clear. And so you get to read a video. Okay. It worked so well for uh, millions of cats. I can't possibly think what could go wrong this time. Okay. Wonderful. Go air quote read <laughs> that book. I'll go watch that thing. Okay, go watch that thing. While Kate does her read, I'm going to give you a little uh, little insider information on Daddy's roommate. We'll cover its creation and things like that in a moment, but I want to talk about the moment when it became a point of contention during a presidential run. So few picture books have that opportunity. Um, it happened in 2008 when it was alleged that the vice presidential candidate, Sarah Palin, had attempted to remove this book from the public library in Wasilla, Alaska. You see, way, 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 way back in 1995, the then Councilwoman Palin requested that the local library remove the book. And she didn't ask that they remove it one time. She didn't ask that they remove it two times. She asked that they remove it three separate times. And a librarian of some sort, I really wish I knew her name, or possibly his name, but let's face it, it was probably her, uh, refused. Repeatedly. So Palin fired her, but then had to rehire her because there was a big public backlash. Now, her fellow councilwoman, uh, Laura Chase, asked Palin if she had read Daddy's Roommate, and Palin responded that she, quote, didn't need to read that stuff, unquote. The McCain-Palin campaign, by the way, completely denied her involvement in this case despite witness accounts claiming otherwise. So there you go, folks. Uh, Daddy's Roommate, the book that Sarah Palin didn't read and didn't like. And we're back. Hello. Hello. How'd your read watch go? <laughs> it was interesting. Your watch read. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a super short book. Is it? I mean, the video took less than two minutes. And, and I, I assume they cut nothing out, so yeah. Yeah, and I felt like she was kind of like dragging it out at times and added something at the end, but we'll get to that. Well, I should say that when it came out, uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, said that it was so blithe, it could almost be called Dick and Dick rather than Dick and Jane. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, yeah. let's get into it. We're, we meet this kid who mm. says that his parents got divorced last year. Right. <laughs> I'm just too distracted by this kid's shirt. I'm like, okay, I know you're saying words right now, but I'm not paying attention. What because... is going on there? I should say this book came out in 1990, so basically the 80s. Yeah, but this yeah. shirt's got like five different things going on. Like the sleeves had two different stripes. You've yeah. got a checker print with like a sun or something and then a print on the back. I'm like, kid, I don't know who's dressing you. But I'm mildly curious by this. <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated by this shirt. I would like to own one myself, actually. Also, in this kid's memory of daddy packing up his stuff and leaving, mm -hmm. mother looks shocked for some reason. <laughs> but did he just tell her? <laughs> but I'm like, I'm pretty sure you knew this was coming. May even so, yeah. Maybe she didn't think he'd actually leave. I don't know. And it says, now there's somebody new at Daddy's house. So number one, Daddy got a house. Well done, Daddy. And Daddy must have a good job. Number two, Daddy's already met someone who's reading Time Magazine. And I'm trying to figure <laughs> out who's on the cover. 
Like, who would be on the cover of Time magazine in 1990? In 1990? That looks like, I don't know, maybe it's Joe Pesci. I don't know. Yeah, it's... that's a good... Yeah, we'll just say it's Joe Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> For, he was man of the year. I don't know. There's like some no mad idea. like widow's peaks it going is a li- on here, I'm so. sure it's an actual time cover, but I am not going to spend the hours trying to track down that exact time cover. Yeah. Well, the kid explains uh, that his father and his roommate frank they live together Mm -hmm. and they do these different things around the house um it says they work together in which daddy's roommate frank is wearing this shirt that says janice theater and i was like oh that's a that's a place yeah it's got to be a shout out to some place it's a shout out to yeah so i looked up the author illustrator guy yeah he's from oklahoma Huh. So then I was like, Janice Theater, Oklahoma? Couldn't find anything. Oh, so maybe it was like, maybe he went somewhere and it was it's like a shout out. It's got to be a shout it's out. It's definitely a theater. Yeah, no, there's no way he made that up for the book. I mean, there's a Janice Theater in Illinois, but... Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of Janice Theaters, but... I don't know. Man. Anyway, so they work together. They eat together. Mm-hmm. It says they sleep together. And I... I Shockingly honest? Yeah. Well... <laughs> I mean, they 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 lay in a bed next to each other. Yeah. Super nice quilt, by the With way. With a very nice quilt. That's a very nice quilt. However, I am a huge fan of this lamp. It is a. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Yeah, sorry, the lamp caught me unawares. It's like a. He spent an inordinate amount of time he... and care and attention rendering that lamp. I want this, this lamp. Book. Okay, so it's kind of like a giant tea kettle. That's a tea right? kettle. Yes. With a, a... copper ish brassish brass we'll say brass. right it's very tall and the lampshade that's attached to the top of it is gold and red and inexplicably square yes yes i just thought that is gorgeous i'm not even gonna get to the fact that it says that they sleep together i'm too busy looking at this lamp. it's an amazing <laughs> lamp yes but then it says um so they sleep together they shave together and while watching this video the narrator says sleep together shave together Hmm. I was like, excuse me? Like, excuse me? I'm like, narrator, are Pardon you, are you putting the, the pieces together here? Are you? I was like, that's an inappropriate yeah. piece of commentary. That like, is. sleep together, shave together. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Are you unaware of the nature of this book, lady? I want to play it for you. Shave together. Isn't that like, mm. Mm. <laughs> like no one asked you, lady. Keep yeah. your comments to your keep your hums to yourself. <laughs> and then it says, and sometimes even fight together, but they always make up. Okay, they're fighting over daddy yeah. accidentally getting an iron print on Frank's shirt and Frank getting upset. And I'm like, um, why can't dad's roommate iron his own shirts? Is like, it such an I love Lucy moment? Right? But then they go to the fainting couch in order to oh. resolve the sete or whatever it's called. Like No, that's a fainting couch. Yeah, in order that's to... That's a blue velvet fainting couch. <laughs> purple. I think it's purple. Oh, it's purple? Hey, can I tell you a purple fainting couch story? Okay. Once John Waters came and spoke at New York Public Library, and he brought a purple velvet fainting couch, which he left. It is now in the basement of New York Public Library uh, in the green room, and uh, anyone who sits on it is sitting on the John Waters purple velvet fainting couch. That's all. Maybe that's what this I is. I think like. that's definitely it's John nice Waters. Yes. Yeah. Purple velvet painting couch. So it says, because this is the kid narrating, 
Frank likes me too, just like Daddy. He tells me jokes and riddles, helps me catch bugs for show and tell, reads to me. And I'm like, so Frank likes the kid, but the kid never says whether he likes Frank. I True. Thought, I thought that could But I feel like it's kind of implied in the fact that you don't see the kid being upset with any any portion of his life like his parents divorce watching dad pack up and go to buy a kid's like see ya yeah you know i think finding a roommate for the first time in his dad's home he's like howdy do like (laughs) this kid easygoing kid he is but i really wish that there had been a part of the narration of the kid being like you know i'm not sure you know how i feel about this i'm feeling confused and sad and angry because i feel like that might be more relatable to kids if they're going through a similar situation. There is a wonderful picture book called Minnie Mia and Her Darling Uncle, which is exactly about what you're talking about, where her uncle gets a boyfriend and she is so jealous that this guy is taking her favorite uncle away from her. And so she just she just loathes the guy. Not because anyone this guy was in a relationship with, you really understand that she would feel this way about. But yeah, I, so I understand but what you're saying. But as a kid, parent, and yeah. then parent's boyfriend or parents. I don't think you ever have a seamless transition to your newly divorced parents' right. chosen mate. I would agree. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. Just There's like, always going to be a little bit of tension I feel there. like this is a little too optimistic. It is. I also feel like unrealistic. it's true, but I, I, we don't know how much time has passed. I do feel like we've skipped. Oh, it says a year. It okay. says mommy and daddy got divorced last year. So let's assume that daddy already had this boyfriend before the divorce. That's what I was wondering. In which case, um, maybe from the get-go, the kid would have known this guy. So maybe this after, a, basically after a year, he's this comfortable with him. I could, I could maybe see that. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. Like, it could be a little bit of, give kind of a, like, like a parent reading this book, be like, oh, maybe my kid will adapt right away to my boyfriend. Like, eh. right. Probably not. Probably not. Um, But it says that Frank reads to me and he's reading the book Dinosaur in the Garden, which, by the way, is not an actual book. I checked. However, I never realized, but these guys love striped wallpaper. It's in the living room, the dining room, (laughs) the side room for reading here. Oh, no. Also the kitchen. Um, You know what I don't miss? Wallpaper. It's it's just it's a it's a bit much. Yeah. All the striped wallpaper in this household, yeah. and it doesn't match. It's just a lot of it. <laughs> but you know what? Fair play to this guy. He's putting in the effort to get along with this kid. Yes. He's not. He, you know, he's he's trying to be a good. You know. Yeah. He makes great dad. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and on his sweater, it's like a symbol. And I'm wondering if that's an actual symbol. It's gotta be. I don't know. I don't know. But There's a million references in this book we are just not getting. Well, one reference that I'm making up that's probably obviously not it, but I'm making it up anyway. Um, it says that Frank helps chase the nightmares away, and you can kind of see the image of like a cartoon something sticking out of like the closet door. And I was like, oh, that kind of looks like Bing Bong from Inside Out. (laughs) Bing Bong, Bing Bong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen seen Inside Out. Okay, so for anyone who hasn't seen Inside Out, Bing Bong is like the invisible friend that the little girl Yeah, he's like a purple elephant-ish kind of guy. Yeah, he's like this big, goofy guy. That's kind of like what this image looks like. But that's That's what I thought of. And it says that Frank helps go shopping. And it says in the evening, we sing at the piano. So on one side where it says go shopping, I'm looking at 
daddy who's got his pop collar going on and i'm like oh no 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 who told him that that was a good idea and then you look on the other side and it's frank with his pop collar okay okay and i'm like what is going on who told you this was a good thing because terrible habits you're getting into (laughs) you stop it right now before it's 1991 (laughs) but then we get to a part that i don't like Mm mm-hmm It says, Mommy says Daddy and Frank are gay. At first, I didn't know what that meant, so she explained it. Why is the mother explaining? Yeah. Why can't... It's Just ask your dad, dude. Or or did the kid just question nothing, and the mom out of nowhere is like, well, he's gay, and the kid's like, what's that? And the mom's like, okay, apparently I've got to do the explanation on this one. Yeah, it just seemed like that really should not have been her responsibility. Yeah. I mean, really, they should have explained it together when they were getting the divorce. Right. Though we have, we are not entirely certain if this is an amicable divorce because her expression when he was moving out did not look. Well, that was also the kid in the kids' memory. Good call. How well this is all the kids' because she's when she drops the kid off at Dad's house. You know, she seems fine. Yeah, yeah. But again, the kid keeps referring to. Frank as daddy's roommate. It says daddy and his roommate are very happy together mm. and I'm happy too. And I'm like, okay, you've, you, you, Frank has been there long enough. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can stop saying roommate now. Well, and it's so weird. It's like, is this, like this book clearly shows two men being affectionate with one another mm-hmm. in a relationship with yep. one another. And yet it insists on this roommate. So I'm like, Why can't was that they... some weird acquiescence to like, people uncomfortable with the term daddy's boyfriend like maybe like if like we a do a roommate thing? like maybe we can like get a skirt around some of the homophobic people out there and they won't look too closely at the book i, I don't mean. know but i do like that they're going to a bergman fest i mean you can see berg mm, at the cinema a bergman fest and so i'm like are they bringing it, the kid i mean is it like an ingrid bergman fest or like are they gonna watch casablanca and then joan of arc and then gaslight like is that what's gonna happen or no no, no, no. It's, it's Igmar Bergman, right? That's the director, but yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the no, no, female no, actress. Going, no, it's, no, no. They're watching an Igmar Bergen fest, Bergman fest. That's clearly what they're going to. You yeah. wouldn't watch an Ingrid Bergman fest. I would. <laughs> anyway, the video... So it, it the book ends with Daddy and his roommate are happy together and I'm happy too. However, the video ends with this with this rainbow text and it says empower yourself express yourself accept yourself trust yourself love yourself be yourself own it which i when think when was that put in uh, we don't know when this video was made i no, guess no but it was definitely like the narrator's decision to put that at the end of the book but i was kind of like oh this is kind of relevant to what we're going through now yes with the very protests much. and and black lives matter i was kind of like oh yeah well, and the J.K. Rowling stuff, quite frankly, that's going on right now. Yes. 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 Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting thing that the narrator of this video did. It wasn't necessary, but... I don't know that it's not original to the book. I mean, look at that font. That's an old font. Uh-huh. I mean, it's using the, the the rainbow for the words, but boy, it looks old. I don't know. It's very interesting. So, just to put this in some context, Heather Has Two Mommies comes out in 1989. Daddy's Roommate comes out a year later in 1990. It became the second most challenged book in the United States from 1990 to 
Uh, I guess it's not cool enough to ban anymore. Not like your beloved Marlon Bundo. <laughs> that gets banned a lot more. Oh. Yeah, I know. The book was honored by the Cooperative Children's Book Center's CCBC Choices List of Best Books in 2009 for its foundational role in gay literature. And uh, Lon Mabon, which is my favorite name for a horrible politician, <laughs> he was an Oregon politician, and he used Danny's roommate and Heather Has Two Mommies in his campaign to amend the state constitution to allow for discrimination against lesbians and gay men. He used the two books as evidence of a militant homosexual agenda that threatened <laughs> childhood development. Oh, my God. However, the citizens of Oregon voted to defeat the measure on November 3rd, 1992. Because so. they're not idiots. <laughs> yes. And they were be trying to be led by a man named Lon Mabon. Uh, the artist is a political cartoonist uh, by nature. He did write a sequel, Daddy's Wedding, which was published in 1996, and it features the same characters. Um, I think the boy uh, serves as the best man, and it was a commitment ceremony because obviously gay marriage wasn't legal. Now, I would have thought when gay marriage did become legal, they would have reprinted the book. But then I thought, yeah, if it's if 1996, if it looks anywhere near as dated as this one does, probably, probably best to just probably, leave yeah, it as it is. <laughs> maybe let that one go. Maybe let that one go. It's not like Daddy's Wedding's in print now. It is not. Um, it was a small press. Um, so that's probably why. Ratings time. Mm. Mm. This is tricky. Yeah. Um, I gave it a five because I wish, on the one hand, I really like that it normalizes gay relationships. It shows that gay parents can have a child, you know, a, a father and a father's boyfriend can take care of a child responsibly, can love that child. It is no different than a heterosexual relationship. You know, they're not going to make the child gay or anything crazy like that. However, on the flip side, I wish we had heard the kid's point of view of getting essentially a, a stepfather mm -hmm. because we don't really hear that at all. Mm. Um, I don't like the mom has to explain what gay means. Mm -hmm. As you said, I wish that the mom and dad had explained that to the kid together. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that they say roommate at the very end. Yeah, what a missed opportunity that was. They should have said, you know, daddy's boyfriend, because that would have shown mm. a nice arc throughout the book. Like, oh, it starts. Learning. It would have shown learning. It starts with my parents getting divorced. Mm -hmm. Now I'm daddy's roommate. And now, okay, now he's been brought in is and he's recognized part of the family. yes he's recognized yes. as part of the family this is my daddy's boyfriend just say the word boyfriend just yeah. say it it's not hard it's not that hard no <laughs> it, it, you've done literally everything else you could have done except do that which is just so frustrating yeah no i i feel the same way um one thing i will say i, I did like about the book more than i expected to uh the art um it is dated but he just puts in so many so many little details like that that lamp and the fading couch and the t-shirts. What are they all saying? They clearly <laughs> mean something. We don't know what in the Time magazine cover. I mean, I just fall. I'm just, I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. So, uh, so I actually like the art uh, a bit. But uh, yeah, for all the reasons you've listed, for the sheer lack of just writing a good picture book, just logically, you end with boyfriend. And that's fine that you say roommate at the beginning, then you proceed forward. But just from a writing standpoint, I mean, that's just what you do. So uh, I'm, I'm giving it a four. 
Okay, so it is a toe under the line Under classic. the line. Sorry. So not a classic. Yeah, not a classic, but not to worry. There are many, many fine, wonderful picture books that have come along since 1990 that can fill the void that Daddy's roommate will leave for you. Uh, letters time. Ooh. All right, nothing huge, but I did get a couple things. I got a nice note from Gerald, and he said, I feel like I've said... I'm not superstitious, but a lot lately. But when I was at UConn looking at the James Marshall archives, I went to go check out the children's section in the main library. And while walking through the stacks, a book on some random shelf caught my attention. It was Little Man, Little Man. Totally nondescript spine. Wasn't even looking at the shelves. I'll never know what made me stop, but I was very glad to discover the book. It's a good book. It's an excellent book. And he, he probably found a first edition. We could have checked and seen that spelling mistake or was, was in that edition or not if we had our hands on an original, I tell you. Next up, Lark. And she says, uh, just a note, but the, the Barnes Kids Lit Fest is having a day of online events for Judith Kerr. Includes Stanley Tucci reading The Tiger Who Came to Tea. Oh, interesting. Which I kind of love that choice. Yeah. Who shall we have The Tiger Who Came to Tea? <laughs> Stanley Tucci. <laughs> and it was so. <laughs> Excellent. And then Stephanie wrote and said, uh, she, she's been tweeting about uh, mushrooms. She said, also, I was going to grill some royal trumpet mushrooms and finish them with minced marjoram. Fusate's love for morels on this week's Fusate Kate uh, reminded me it was time for this particular recipe. Goes well with all meats or no meats. Trumpets are sturdy and don't shrink when cooked. Interesting. I will have to try them. That's disgusting. It's delicious, <laughs> you said? You said it was delicious? No. Yes, you did. Nope. Grown-up things we like. Well, uh, to keep on theme with uh, with Pride and this mm. gay book, I have been watching the new season of Queer Eye. Oh, and what season is this? Five? They are in really? Philly. that far? I thought it was like three. No, yeah. They've, oh. they've been doing this for a while. Um, they're in Philly. Um it's not as strong of a season as I would have hoped, but I definitely recommend if you have Netflix, check out the first two episodes. They will make you laugh. They'll make you cry. Um, they show the second episode has a um, black female business owner, and it's just it's incredible to watch her story. And um, I like that they call all the people on the show their heroes. So it's it's great. They're lovely. They're all sorts of fun. And I like that they're not afraid to tackle, um, you know, social issues. And, you know, in previous seasons, they had dealt with Trump supporters. And so it's it's very interesting to watch. Highly recommend it. Yeah, so that's it. It's a, it's a good show. I, uh, I recommend oh, it. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, that's very good. I have yet to see it, though I did watch the original way, 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 way back in the day. I take it this one is different. It's very different. Yes. Um, now they take on social issues, whereas right. before they really didn't. They took on wavy mirrors, as I recall, and didn't care for them <laughs> yeah. at all. Well, yeah. Which I did support. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, so my, my thing, actually, I feel so uncool. Um, this was something that's been going around on the internet. I did see one of them. Didn't really recognize it for what it was. And it wasn't until I listened to an episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me where Sarah Cooper was the guest. Are you familiar with Sarah Cooper? No. You may have seen one of her videos. She's this uh, this young woman, and she 
takes Trump's speeches and lip syncs to them and acts them out. <laughs> so you, you haven't you haven't seen them, but they are all how to um, how to medical was I think that was the one. Yeah, that was the one with the uh, you know recommending you drink bleach and all that. Ah. Um, that was that was a great one. How to Bible is where he was asked to name his favorite Bible quotes. Mm. She is so funny. I think um, it's on YouTube. It's on you. You know, it's technically on TikTok. But you can find them on YouTube as well. And she is just, you know, she's one of those people who, you know, was doing stand-up, was doing her stuff. Um, you know, all this happened. She started doing, I mean, she can, she does them all in her home, basically. And she, she says her boyfriend can't stand them because he has to hear her listening to Trump over and over and over to get the lip syncing exactly right. Mm -hmm. So he is forced to hear Trump <laughs> over and over and over in so his own home. How and, would you uh, find these on YouTube? Then? Just uh, I would just look up Sarah, uh, Cooper. Sarah Cooper Trump Trump impersonation. It, it'll come right up. If you put in Sarah Cooper and then you just do a space, so it'll say you Trump impersonation. You need a good laugh. Oh my gosh. They're not very long. They're you know, at most 45 seconds, but they are, they will make you, um, not have faith in humanity again, but at least laugh at it. And I think that's worth something. Okay. Excellent. Cool. All right. Well, on that note then, I guess I've been Betsy. Yeah, I'm Kate. Yeah. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our soundscape ecologist is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.